0: Katie, I'm very disappointed in you that you're cheating on your very favourite K-pop boy with another, shorter, K-pop boy. I I can't get my head around it. Okay, first off, passing judgement on how Changbin's, or anyone's, face is to the ground, Is not okay, man. As a fellow short person, I really do have to agree with Katie on this one. And secondly, I was only talking about Stray Kids because Case is from Australia and, like, so is a quarter of Stray Kids. It's all completely connected to, like, our book today. Okay, so you're reducing our latest K-pop infatuation to their Australian members only and blaming it on this episode's author being Australian like, that no. is low KE like even for you what? <laughs> No, 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 Kate. we can't have this. You say that Changbin's your favourite, yeah? But then, like, you say you're ignoring him because he's from Yongin and not fucking Sydney. Like, how dare you call yourself a stay? Stray will be, like, so disappointed in you right now. Like, Changbin out there every goddamn day writing songs and, like, doing push-ups and, like, thinking about your well-being. And, like, this, this is how you repay him. Gorgeous Felix has been doing deadlifts for months to fix his back back Injury and you out here <laughs> acting the ham sullying the name of stay with your antics, Katie Morphe I mean, honey, I need like they out here working on their English for you to like throw it back in their faces like this. You are lucky. Sungmini and Lino, like, don't give a shit about what you do, Katie Morphy. I don't want them to know how you be going on. And do not get me started on what BTS would say about your behavior right now. When David disgusted Chloe, they would be disgusted. Disgusted, Clint. What what do you think they'd say, Chloe? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sarah. I, for one, am absolutely certain they will say so. We we're in agreement then. Like lit is just real lit. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. And and, you know, I think we can all agree that we're building our first homes solely out of books by women. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Therapy. And I think we can all agree that Ke is just as into K-pop as me, even though she thinks she's too cool and like won't talk about it when her blog is the <laughs> real What is? What is <laughs> your you guys role? K-pop and like romantic literature can both cure heartbreak. <sighs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome to chicklit for life. <laughs> A prick for cutting me off just because it makes the great soundboy for the show. I'm stickiest, <laughs> but it like really does though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, is there a of bitches? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 Chloe, Chloe, <laughs> Chloe, <laughs> Chloe. No, don't. Why don't you explain the link between us medicating our upcoming K-pop withdrawals by introducing a new band in the rotation? Well, like, like just. A rotation of just BTS. K-E Katie, we all know them marry me Yoongi signs that like all the concerts are exclusively made by you and carried by people that you pay to deal, so what yeah, i don't know yeah i sort of thought that like there was something there with the whole marry me youngie being pretty much a meme thing now and you like sliding off your chair every time you see him and everything N- no there there is definitely something there chloe like something super gross probably going by what you said just there right thank you clina i feel so sane right now <laughs> oh <God>, but- <right? laughs> yeah what well- what were we talking about? You're going to explain Stray Kids to our listeners who are, like, so into this right now. Yeah, I do feel so bad for anyone that, like, doesn't dig this whole K-pop situation. Well, I mean, it's their law, Sarah. I mean, they're not going to see BTS, like, literally... Banging footballs into each other on an actual slip and slide. That, that is true. It it was a slip and slide. And, you know, they don't get to enjoy watching Lino grab everyone in Stray Kids' bum constantly. He, he really does enjoy a boy bum. Dude, are you just gonna chime in, agree for the whole show? Well, I mean... Only if it's, like, weird and irritating. Well, I mean, like, Lino would approve of that, Sarah. Actually, yeah, you do have serious Lino energy, Clay. Okay, I am choosing to hear that as you saying I'm borderline Batman villain eccentric and I could not feel more complimented (laughs) right now. (laughs) But yes, Chloe. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, as we all know, BTS. Our beloved BTS will soon be entering military service in South Korea as is mandatory. And, like, and, like, this is not a dig, okay, but, like, the songs recently, like... Like, every time I listen to Namjooni's new album, I start to cry. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's so stupidly, like, emotional and gorgeous and it hurts my heart. I can't listen to it very often. Yeah, like, a lot of, like, B was like that too. Like, I can't listen to Blue and Grey without feeling like life is completely meaningless. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all this roughly translates as, like we need some new hype songs in it so tempted to change the title of the group chat to that <laughs> i need new hype songs please respond okay. uh, but anyway like yeah obviously we've been following like lots of like army accounts on like tiktok and instagram and everything and like we noticed that like this other group Strike kids also have like a t- of like proper rabid fans yeah oftentimes a group's excellence is directly proportional to like how many of their fans have lockjaw at a given time that's a tetanus not rabies oh shit yeah I should have said forming at the moat too late now man fuck anyway <laughs> Jesus <laughs> man <laughs> like cut to a half an hour later and we're two YouTube videos in and we're all like I'm not gonna remember all them names fast forward to two days later and we're like genuinely texting each other they're like, I hope i.n is eating enough. No, like, for real, girls, like, I know he's technically older than me and everything, but, like, for real, I just want to wrap him up in bubble wrap and, like, keep him safe from the entire war right now. Yes, yes, you liking Stray Kids is everything to do with a protective, big sister-type instinct towards IN and nothing to do with them being decidedly more naked than a lot of K-pop boys. I have... No idea what you are talking about, Sarah Flannery. <laughs> like, like, I'm not into dudes, as you're all aware, but, like, that Hyunjin gentleman is very pretty. See, now, that is very interesting to me, cleaner. because on paper, yes, that is definitely the case, but, like, stay with me here, but... I feel like myself and Hyunjin, yeah. Like we would just want to go shopping and like bitch about people we don't know and like have frappuccinos because he on a cheat day and we in Starbucks, yeah. You really thought about this. Like, nothing has come up in this conversation about Kate being from Australia and Felix and Bangchan being from Australia, you guys. I was getting to that, Katie. <laughs> Hold on. She, but yeah, two of the last stray kids are from Australia our mutual big brother Bangchan and adorable Felix, who is low key Elsie's fave, along with little Ianny. Like, mostly because she wants to mind them and give them lasagna to eat. And, like, Kate, what wrote the book we're doing today, is from Australia too. So, like, it's all connected, innit? Like like that's it? What? Like all oh, that preamble for you to just repeat the thing I said at the top of the episode? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Katie, the thing what you said at the top of the episode just before we started recording was, but like Changbin seriously has seventeen inch biceps, could you imagine what <laughs> it is so be like to- Yeah, we're doing the author introduction, <laughs> Kate Sai is a writer, mother of six <laughs> and <laughs> (laughs) mother of six and really quite good at getting the bubbles out of plastic book wrap while most of her time is spent finding lost shoes and investigating what's making the car smell bad Kate frequently escapes to write entertaining things she has penned many articles columns and reviews for various publications but when she is not writing she enjoys starting crochet projects and never finishing them there's no need for us to go back to what we were just talking about really think we should apologize to anybody listening to the show on your phone. They knew what they was getting into. We should have some sort of warning. <laughs> uh, I'm worried that we're going to get sidetracked with all this talk of how loud we are and not talk about how we should have a Chiclet for Life thirst tweets segment. Oh my god, like when Eric Nam did that video for BuzzFeed where he read all those tweets from like thirsty fans. <laughs> my ideal weight is Eric, Eric Nam, Nam on top on of me. Top of me. <laughs> it's the best thing anyone's ever said. Like ever, you guys. No, there are some thirsty ass while watching something at the same time messages in the group chat that I feel like we could leverage. No, there isn't. No, no there isn't. Screenshots. K. E. screenshot it. Why would you do that, man? In case you ever run for office. People <laughs> need to know. <laughs> like, this, this, time around, you, man. this time around, with the book, that we're here to talk about, you guys, we want to do the excerpt, then get our blurb going. We feel it's just going to set us up a little better than doing it the other way around. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You did such a beautiful job with the author intro there. Do you want to continue with this? W- well, yeah, yeah. I think the sooner we move this conversation along, the better. Hey, Siri, remind me to check the group chat screenshots for slutty shit what katie did Dude, okay i've added it what she she let me know you're right mind? Time no, you why you am i saying something with you. like set it for 5 p.m tomorrow <laughs> actually great isn't she <laughs> no <can't>. excerpt handle- <laughs> starting in three two oh, okay all right thursday Claire tried her best in the supermarket she really did the trick when shopping with two babies and a toddler was to power quickly through the red zones of lollies and chips to distract as much as possible and to never double back. The only way was forward, ever forward. But even if you followed all the rules, even if you completely bypassed the centre aisle of lawnmowers and guitar cases, things could go wrong quickly. So it was that she found herself at the checkout queue with an overloaded trolley and an overloaded brain. Harry was on the floor. He wanted everything that was on the shelves by the checkout, from the breath mints and lollipops to the AA batteries and beef jerky. When she refused to accommodate these demands, he laid himself out prostrate, protesting the violation of his human rights. Claire did her best to ignore this demonstration and set to work unloading the trolley onto the conveyor belt. Lily, meanwhile, had reached behind her seat to discover a carton of eggs in the trolley and had set to work unloading these onto the floor. As the other customers joined the queue behind her with mere armfuls of groceries, Claire waved them ahead and they stepped around Harry and the eggs to make their purchases. After she had cleared out the entire trolley and had waved a fifth customer ahead of her, she scooped up Harry, took him through the checkout and placed him on the floor under the packing bench. You can finish having your tantrum here, darling, she said. A new customer had joined the queue behind her when she returned. He raised his eyebrows. Claire knew he was hoping she'd let him ahead of her, but she couldn't. She just couldn't. Studiously avoiding his eyes, she steered her trolley to its position at the end of the register and prepared for the onslaught of packages. Spaghetti. Butter. Tin tomatoes. Ice cream. She grabbed the items as they shot through and attempted to fit them back into the trolley. Apples. Cornflakes. Toilet cleaner. Chocolate. Just ignore customer man with his size and disapproval. Nappies. Coffee. Milk. Wool wash. Hope was over it. She wriggled her legs up into the trolley seat and attempted to stand. Ouse she said. Celery, brown sugar, tuna, frozen peas. Claire worked with her left hand as she tugged Hope's foot back into place and held it there. Hope began to cry. Lily paused briefly in her egg tossing to cast a disdainful look at her noisy twin beside her. Beef mints, baking powder, bananas, oil. Harry had grown tired of his tantrum and came over to inspect the commotion. Why is Hope crying, mummy? Toothpaste, raisin toast, tissues, bread. You're hurting her, mummy. Stop hurting your daughter, mummy. Lettuce, tea bags, depleted eggs. Claire fit the last of the groceries into her precariously packed trolley. Time to pay. Except that her handbag was nowhere. Nowhere. I uh appear to be missing my handbag she stammered might i go back and see if i put it down somewhere in the store register man nodded blandly you've got to be kidding me Huffed customer man to no one in particular then he stepped in the eggs awake as soon as yasmin realized before she reached full consciousness her hand was scrambling down the side of her bed grasping for the cardboard box quick quick her eyes still closed, she shoved a flaky cracker into her mouth and forced herself to chew. Salt and starch. She swallowed and opened her eyes. Okay. Slowly, she sat up and cautiously ate a few more dry biscuits. Okay. She got up and completed the fajr. Don't know if I'm saying that right. I really should have checked that ahead of time. What kind of Muslim supporter are you, Kate? Don't interrupt, Chloe. Uh, yeah. Um, she got up and completed the fajr. A little absently, it must be said, but still better than the half-asleep fumbling that had passed her morning prayer in the past few weeks. And she was definitely on time. Things were starting to get better. She munched another dry biscuit as she dressed after her shower. The nausea was there, but it was in the background. Good. Better. Clean teeth. Makeup. Hijab. Watching her reflection in the mirror, she fastened the soft brown Georgette fabric under her chin with a pair of rose gold magnets. Oh, how she loved her magnet clips. They were a miraculous design, a no-snag, game-changing feat of engineering. We are so here for this. She swept one end of her headscarf behind her head and made another fastening, folding the fabric so that the magnets remained invisible. Good. Breakfast. She didn't really want to eat anything, but she made herself some tea and toast. She didn't even butter the toast, but it would do. It was something. She tum-scrolled idly through her socials. So many ads for crochet patterns, yarn, craft supplies... That's what happens. You buy one pattern online, just one pattern, one time, and that's all it takes. You will be bombarded with ads for the remainder of your natural life. Still, it was a break from the bizarre Fifty Shades of Werewolf ads that kept popping up in her feed. Oh my god, I feel you so much right now, Yasmin. (laughs) <laughs> a printout of the digital download in question, the Patient Zero, that sparked the epidemic of crochet-themed banner ads, was sitting in a plastic pocket in a bag on the kitchen bench. Yasmin glanced across at the bag. It looked innocent enough, a shopping bag from the local yarn shop, also containing high-quality yarn and a new soft grip hook. She'd even found a card of ancient pearly yellow buttons in her mom's button tin and stowed them in the bag too. It was all ready to go. Yet somehow she couldn't bring herself to cast the first stitch. Her eyes lingered on the bag as she nibbled her toast. The pattern she'd bought was a vintage one. Classic, without being dated or fussy. Yasmin knew the rich, warm tones of the yarn that she'd bought would give it a modern twist. She needed to get started. She would get started. It was just that the front door opened with a clatter and Omar walked in. He called out a greeting and tossed his gym bag into the laundry. As he disappeared into the shower, Yasmin got up and flipped on the coffee machine. (laughs) The flyer was all typed up, formatted, and ready to be printed. Meredith had put her skills to good use. The promotion was clear and easy to read. The graphics were eye-catching and visually appealing. Her workday had not yet started even though she was in her office. It was permissible to work on personal projects outside of work hours. While technically she was using office resources, the computer, the word processing software, the electricity required to power her computer, Meredith felt confident that she had not committed an offense. The impact on the company was almost negligible and could perhaps be considered part of the fringe benefits of her role as director of marketing at Rivergroom Estate. She drew the line at printing and photocopying, though. Using the printer or photocopier for personal items was theft, pure and simple. Meredith liked rules. She enjoyed learning new rules. Road rules, company policy, codes of conduct, rules of etiquette. Meredith pored over these the way another person might devour a good novel. Following clear rules made Meredith feel happy. And the rules had to be clear. They had to be straightforward. Grey area, wiggle room, white lie. Meredith abhorred these terms. How could a lie be white? What did that even mean? Surely honest and dishonest were a strict binary? Otherwise, what was the point? As soon as there were exceptions, the concept lost all meaning. Meredith also enjoyed reminding others of the rules when they forgot and making sure those around her did the same. She considered herself a bit of an excerpt. It was her duty to share her knowledge. Two panicked laps of the store yielded no results. Claire needed to pull Lily and Hope out of the trolley, which had been abandoned at the register, and the two toddlers were greatly enjoying their newfound freedom, grabbing packages to show each other and clambering onto the shelves to sit on a throne of paper towels. The handbag was nowhere. She returned to the checkout where Register Man was in the zone, scanning at breakneck speed. "'I couldn't find it,' Claire said. "'I'm going to check the car.' Register man gave a tiny blink of acknowledgement, his scanning never wavering. As she trudged towards the car park, it hit her. Of course, the toilet door, the hook. When they'd first arrived at the supermarket, Harry had taken one look at the man-lady toilet sign and made his announcement. I need to go to the toilet. Going out with a child who was toilet training was kind of like carrying around a grenade with the pin drawn. That thing could go off at any time. You needed to have your wits about you. After maneuvering the trolley into the ladies' toilets, Claire had pushed up her sleeves, slung her handbag on the hook on the back of the door and hoisted Harry onto the toilet seat. Then she stood, slightly crouched, ready for anything. It was a false alarm. Harry, it turned out, didn't need to go to the toilet after all. He was fast becoming a connoisseur of public toilets, and the restrooms beside Aldi were a set he had not yet sampled. She rushed back to the bathrooms now, smiling. She had definitely left her handbag on the back of the toilet door. Except, as it turned out, the handbag was definitely no longer there. Claire stared blankly at the unencumbered hook as Harry, Lily, and Hope investigated the hand dryer situation. Her mind raced. Perhaps some kindly stranger had handed it in? Or perhaps some lady with a gambling problem had seen it as an answer to her prayers? The toilet was next to a tab after all. Perhaps a woman was plonking the handbag on the counter this very minute saying, put it all on horse number 12. Claire's heart started racing. Lily started crying. What was she going to do? Omar was chatting about the receptionist at his practice as he prepared his coffee and made toast. He'd spoken about Brenda before. Middle-aged and formidable, she had been working at the practice for longer than any of the GP's. I mean, if it was just that she was snarky to the doctors and the other receptionists, I wouldn't mind so much. What gets me is that she's rude to the patients. She treats patients like they've just turned up to ruin her day and nobody's brave enough to talk to her about it. Yasmin was still looking at the bag of yarn with the pattern and hook. She needed to do this. She had everything she needed. So why couldn't she get started? She blinked and looked at her husband. Perhaps she's doing the people of Cokton a favour. People will be too scared to get sick. They don't want to deal with her. It's more likely, Omar was slapping Vegemite on his toast in thick brown stripes, it is more likely that people will avoid going to the doctor when they need to and their condition will get worse as a result. Yasmin wrinkled her nose. How can you eat that? That's far too thick. Omar proffered the toast with a grin. Salty goodness! It's not like she didn't know the stitches. Chain stitch, double crochet, treble crochet, slip stitch. In her mind, she still used the Urdu terms, even though she never spoke Urdu anymore. She wasn't even sure she still could. It was always English. Even her dad spoke only English now. If you were to say something to her, doctors are the ones in charge. She'd have to listen to you. Omar laughed. No. Doctors don't know anything, apparently. She considers us inferior. Or perhaps it's just brown doctors. It's like she doesn't trust my medical training. I'm like, Dude, I went to Monash. But so what if I did train overseas? There are excellent universities all over the Middle East. Top class. I just wouldn't go there because I'm from Australia. Anyway, he screwed the lid onto his coffee mug, gathered up his toast and bag, and planting a kiss on Yasmin's mouth, he was out at the door. Yasmin finished her tea and began gathering her things for work. She cast one last long look at the bag of yarn. The bag of yarn gazed reproachfully back at her. Tomorrow, she thought. Claire asked at the gift shop and the post office. She even ventured into the tab. Nobody had turned in a handbag. Go to center management, suggested the $2 shopman. Center management, it turned out, was at the far opposite end of the shopping center. By now, she had commandeered an empty trolley and put Harry, Lily, and Hope into the body of it. She trudged on, pushing the trolley ahead of her and keeping her eyes forward to avoid meeting any disapproving glares. As she pushed her unwieldy load ever onwards towards her distant goal, Claire thought her handbag. Her handbag with her wallet. She was going to be late for school pickup. She couldn't call the school to let them know. Her phone was in her handbag. Her phone and her keys. Her keys were in her handbag. She was stranded here with no keys and no phone and no wallet and no lovely red handbag with the pretty striped lining. It was a very white faced Claire who sidled into the centre management office with her cartload of offspring. She rang the bell and waited. A woman in a navy blazer appeared. Can I help you? Claire's lip wobbled ever so slightly. I've lost my handbag. The woman smiled. Can you describe it for me? It's, um, red. And here it is. The lady jubilantly produced the handbag. Claire had to stop herself from throwing herself at the woman's feet and kissing her pointy red shoes. Claire drove her baby-laden trolley straight to the car and drove her car straight to the school. Ben and Piper were waiting at the school office. Claire gave the school secretary a strained smile. Then she rushed everybody back to the car. They all drove back to the shopping centre, all got out of the car and all traipsed into the supermarket. Register man was still there, swiping and bleeping for all he was worth. She approached him. I found it, she exclaimed. My handbag, I mean. I found my handbag. I can pay for my groceries now. Where is my trolley? She pulled out her wallet. Register man looked uncomfortable. We didn't think you were coming back, he said. All of the stock is back on the shelves. Claire stared bleakly at the labyrinth of oils and queues and half price specials. She couldn't go back. She just couldn't. Mommy, said Harry, I need to go to the toilets. The office supplies shop had its usual lunchtime crowd, but the queue moved quickly enough. Meredith sat in her car and looked over the stack of printed flyers warm in her hands. She had spent a little extra on colour printing, but there was room in her budget. She'd checked. Meredith was on track with all of her goals this year. She tried to set goals in every area of her life. There was her career, of course, but there was also fitness, financial, education, social and entertainment slash hobbies. This endeavour would cover both social and entertainment slash hobbies. She had put so much planning in, she was sure to nail it. She already knew the format for the first six meetings, as well as location, logistics, supplies. That was how she operated. That was why she was so successful, even though she was still young. She didn't put her name on the flyer, and the phone number she supplied was not her work number. Using a work phone for personal reasons would be a breach of company policy. She didn't want anybody to know about this. She didn't want anybody to know about this until she was ready. Meredith carefully stowed the flyers in her plastic document wallet and placed it on the passenger seat of her car. When she picked up her lunchbox, it was still cool from a morning spent in the office fridge. Vegemite and lettuce sandwich with a yogurt that was supposed to promote bowel regularity. Of course, she probably wouldn't need the bowel-stimulating yogurt if she made her sandwich on brown bread, but she'd never liked brown bread. She had only ever wanted white bread. Plus, it gave her lunch a pleasing aesthetic, a sort of minimalism. White sandwich, white yogurt, white boiled egg. It would be nicer if her yogurt spoon were also white... Tomorrow, maybe. Her lunchbox was teal green, but that was right. A white lunchbox would be too much. Teal was the perfect backdrop to set off the white tableau. She ate it slowly in the office works car park. Meredith did not enjoy lunchroom banter. She was early. For the first time that week, Yasmin had actually arrived at work. It felt good to unzip the jade green book protector and pull out her hardcover bullet journal and black ink pen. She hadn't neglected this for too long. She flipped past the pages with random notes, meal plans, prayer intentions and lists of books she planned to read. Time to get her swirling thoughts out of her head and onto the page. In the top left corner, she wrote the tasks she needed to get done. Treasury report, stage three proposal, Tuesday meeting notes. In the top right, she wrote a list of the people she needed to contact. Skype Misha, email mum text Marion, call plumber. In the bottom left, she wrote a shopping list. Milk, bleach, dry biscuits, bin liners. In the bottom right, she wrote errands and appointments, op shop run, cake for prayer group, meal for dad, baby duck 5.30pm. When everything was written down, Yasmin sat back and surveyed her work. Her entire life reduced to neat black dot points. It was very satisfying. At 10.30, she felt like she could manage a cup of tea in a muesli bar without throwing up. In the tea room, she fell into conversation with Jeremy from approvals. To be fair, it wasn't her fault. She didn't see him coming before it was too late. And once you were in, it was hard to find a way out, short of pointing, saying, what in the world is that? And dashing away when he wasn't looking. Miss Malak. Oh, my goodness. We've talked about this. Call me Yasmin. Yasmin. It's not that hard. Rhymes with Kathleen. I've been saying her name wrong this whole time. Why did not nobody tell me? (laughs) Yasmin. Ah. Oh, God. Rhymes with Kathleen, maybe, if you have a lisp. Jesus. I just wanted to ask you a few... Why? Did nobody tell me? (laughs) I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the rezoning of the retirement village. She summoned a smile. Fire away. At least this conversation was work-related. Last week, it had been a full 15 minutes on the comparative benefits of E1 class and C2 class trams. So... The Catholics ruined the nursing home now, and they need council approval to turn it into a refugee processing centre. She blinked and swallowed a mouthful of muesli bar. Uh, no. Not a refugee processing centre. The units in question are in a residential area zoned for seniors. Max Colby are applying for a two-year permit to house families and single women in these units. These refugees have already gone through all the paperwork. They've been processed. She winced. She hated that word. Reminded her of plastic cheese and lunch meat. Jeremy squinted and frowned. Okay, wait. Who is Max Colby? Yasmin sipped her tea. He was a Catholic priest who was interred and later executed in Auschwitz during the Second World War. He volunteered to die in the place of a young father. She was being deliberately obtuse. She could not help herself. He should know All of this. St. Maximilian Kolbe Ministries, however, is a Catholic agency that deals with social welfare. They're the people who have been applying for the zoning approval. We've talked about this already. I know we have. Wait, I thought it was the nursing home people who wanted that. (sighs) Allah, give me strength. Okay, yes, this is a joint initiative from two independent agencies. You have Aikenhead Healthcare. They're the ones who run Vincentian Hospital and this nursing home. And you have Max Colby. Two agencies, one project. Just like in the clearly set out email I sent you last week. It's all there, buddy. So what do we say to residents who are worried about their rights being used to house refugees? we say it's fully funded by these agencies, there are no rights involved, they're just asking for zoning approval. Is he trying to get under my skin? Surely he's not actually this stupid. Okay, well, should we really be kicking out our old people to make room for refugees? Shouldn't we look after our own first? The units have been empty for a while now, and they're designed for independent living, not assisted. That's why we want to use them. Perhaps, if she concentrated hard enough, she could will the conversation to be over. Oh no, here it comes. There's the stupid smirk. Let's, let's hear it. Jeremy scrutinized Jasmine's forehead, studying her light brown hijab. It's funny. I always think that maybe you have bright pink hair under there and we wouldn't even know. Maybe you have a mohawk and nobody would know. Yasmin smiled weakly why the same joke every time and why was he always asking the same questions about her use of the sickbay for the juder and Asher prayers you didn't look did them up either did you? i'm definitely saying those wrong yeah tato. did he feel like <laughs> she needed him to point out the ways in which she was different from everyone maybe he wasn't happy with her lukewarm response and was trying again in the hope that he might get a better reaction Next time, she would burst into hysterical bouts of laughter, clutching her sides, slapping the bench, unable to speak except to croak out the words, pink hair, in appreciation. Stop it. No, really. Stop it. You're killing me. Oh, oh my! So, like, sh- should I just go into the blurb? Like, are you up for it, man? Yeah, let's get it. Okay, um, Meredith loves control. She established the Coked and Crochet Collective, no knitters please, because it would be like having friends only with her in charge. Plus, it's an all-women group. Meredith hates men, especially good-looking ones. It comes as a nasty shock then when Luke, the handsome grandson of no-nonsense Edith, decides to stay and learn to crochet. Claire has five children. Five. This is why people sometimes look at her with mild concern. This is why she constantly needs to hold it together at all times. She longs for an insta-perfect life like her online hero, Siobhan, but she's drowning in domestic failure. She joins the CCC in hope of making some non-virtual friends. Yasmin is Muslim and proud. Really, she is. But sometimes, sometimes it would be great if people stopped asking her about her hijab and instead asked who she thought was going to win MasterChef. Pregnant with her first child, she should be elated. So why can't she stop panicking? Perhaps crocheting a new set of baby clothes can get her in the right headspace. Tensions are growing in the outer suburbs. With plans for a new mosque and the resettlement of refugees in their retirement village, Coctin becomes a breeding ground for Islamophobia. Together with Lottie, the enthusiastic and loudmouth activities coordinator from the nursing home, and Harper, a surly teenager with a dark past, This band of fibre arts enthusiasts battle racism and bigotry with colour and creativity. Fighting systematic racism with guerrilla yarn bombing sends tensions to boiling point. Will the fragile threads of community be enough to bind them when more than one member has something to hide? Okay, note to self, learn to crochet, become a boss, erase all intolerance. Yeah, that is the sequence that goes in alright. Like, it's actually weirdly good that it took us so long to get this episode together, because, I mean, this is quite the hot topic in Ireland right now. Oh, my actual God, the Irish Nationalist Party or whatever the hell they're called can kiss my skinny white ass, man, I swear. So, for those unaware, there have been a number of anti-immigration protests in Ireland recently, organized mostly from, like, what we've been reading. By a number of Irish far right groups that have latched onto the idea of undocumented male refugees being housed in existing residential areas. Like, is the idea that we can take people in? provided they're sent to a field with no people or facilities in 20 miles in all directions like is that what they're getting at like genuinely not sure i haven't gotten too far into the manifesto ah yes to safeguard your mental well-being precisely (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like as as a country with a pretty significant population that's living abroad and like who migrated during times of war famine or full-on poverty it's it's uh it's pretty hairy to see folks so staunchly protesting at the site of where these poor people are like being moved to and like in some cases are already living. Yeah, like that's the grossest part. Like it's not about protesting policies that are problematic. Yes, the homelessness crisis in Ireland is of huge concern and yes, the quality and suitability of the accommodation that's being provided to refugees appears to also be a huge issue. But I don't see how a huge protest outside said accommodation does anything other than show people from outside the country that they're not welcome. Why not protest outside the offices of the people that made those policies and have the protest be about those issues, not we don't want people coming in from other places if that's your reason, admit you're just a racist. As a country whose population migrated en masse during extreme famine less than 200 years ago and whose documents definitely were dubious or missing upon landing, it's, it's super gross to protest the same thing over here like who'd have thought a book about a bunch of ladies and one bloke crocheting together would raise these questions it was unexpected for sure man but not unsatisfying (laughs) we do have a lot to say about it though so do you know what why don't we take a quick break right now and we'll see you guys in a bit for more chiclet for life do not go anywhere this month on college health talk 2023 do i have covid or am I just on my period? Yeah, it's it's the night sweats that really throw me. I mean, they are technically a side effect of my medication. Yeah, and and, and I mean I, I I do have horrible headaches and, and the worst brain fog ever, with you know, cramps and oh no, wait, I think I just answered my own question. Yeah, yeah, you guys. I just went to the bathroom and um yeah, mystery solved. Look, seriously, you guys just track your cycles. This this is not rocket science. You know uh, when you're squatting beside your bed instead of sitting on it, watching a YouTube video after dancing around a room for an hour in your underwear? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> what? Well, like, you don't get distracted by a notification when you're done with an underwear dance. Okay, first off, I dance around my bedroom fully clothed. <laughs> but I mean, of course you do. But like your clothes would get all sweaty man do you, you forget that no one in humankind sweats as much as you do that is fair Sarah you do sweat to like an unholy degree <laughs> well like I mean, yeah. you know it's not really that <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Please, it's not that <laughs> funny man no 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 I just, I just had this image of us like getting a priest in to do an exorcism because you're so sweaty. Like, I mean, no. Like, don't rule it out, cleaner. I mean, we've seen you after you've been running, Sarah. Shit is fucking terrifying. Like, remember the time you got a nose split? Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Like, I was wondering why my nose was running so much and then realized when I got home, like, that it had been bleeding the whole time. Like, I wasn't even going that fast, man. Oh, you are just so dreamy. I just can't. But, but like, why are we talking about this oh yeah so yeah i was uh, yeah i was bringing up that i was yeah doing my post underwear dance cool down youtube watch nice nice were you in like a really awkward position to make sure that all the lactic acid like pools in key muscle groups calves quads up beside your neck you know it yes cleaner you guys are so Im- you genuinely just high-fived over there don't be- having a problem with their joy just because like you don't dance around a room in your underwear clina please continue <laughs> okay but yeah yeah when i eventually stood up i realized that uh yeah i had forgotten it was shark week and had leaked right through my underwear and bled right on the carpet oh, oh, no, dude. Beige. like bordering on cream oh. I, that, that carpet is ridiculous why do i even have it oh, that is God that is really 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 sad man yeah like to you like set up a golf for me or something <laughs> <laughs> like no it's grand like you no, know, you know a fast action and another murder scene cleanup to add to my CV which is you know always good but uh, yeah that was just a sad experience and that ad earlier reminded me of it so I just wanted to share it with everyone yeah. and, and I think dude that I speak for everyone here when I say we're all just so so glad you did <laughs> <laughs> but like you know at least if you're bleeding on the floor that like you ain't got no stinking kids like chloe dude people that have kids can still have periods dude oh yeah i mean you wouldn't be squatting watching youtube in your underwear for long enough to bleed on the carpet if you had kids yes katie that's exactly what i meant you see me you truly see me it's not what you meant at all, is it? Here, let's not get caught up in who meant what and who doesn't know what about basic biology despite being a science student. <laughs> let's instead, yeah, get down to what we're really here to talk about. The tree ring fucking circus that is having a load of young kids all at once. No, like, man, seriously, like, that whole sequence with Claire in the supermarket is, like, so anxiety making. No, but, like, do you guys ever get freaked out about the fact that, like, we'll only have a few years when we finish college before? we'll have to start having kids oh my god yes what okay that was confusing that was confusing yeah i was so confused i forgot how to speak english there for a second (laughs) (laughs) okay well like uh, katie like you're agreeing with me well like yeah like obviously like there's so much stuff you have to do like we have to finish college yeah and then you have to get a job and it has to be good enough so that you can buy a house. And, like, you have to go traveling and, like, get dad experience, which is, like, something else you have to save for. And then, like, you get married and you start having kids. And then that's it for, like, what, 20 years? Like, if you're gonna be retired, like, when you're, I don't know, 60 or whatever, you gotta start having kids, like, super early. And it's, it's pretty mental, you guys. It's a lot of pressure. But, like, yeah, like, you're, you're working the whole time when you're at home and you're just part of this machine. And then you've only got... These few years after college to be yourself and then you got to be part of this other machine and it's yeah, it's like it's really scary. Okay, you kind of lost me there. Um, like now, like now it's kind of awesome. Like I kind of, I don't want this part to stop. Like I'm not, I'm not done yet is kind of my thing and like yeah being a mom like I don't think like I don't think I could put myself last like all the time I don't like this at all like the, the machine like a family isn't a machine and like who says that as a parent you have to put yourself last well like you don't have to but if you want your kids to be happy you have to my folks don't and it sucks man if you're Kids should be happy, like, you need to do everything for them, it's crazy. Here, Katie, just because your folks are into being weird all perfect parents, what drive their kids back to Dublin from Galway for absolutely no reason? Dude, you live down the road, why are you so salty about It's this. the principle, Katie, my won't give me a lift to the garage, let alone Galway. Katie, hey, ich- <laughs> aren't you trying to make the argument for parenthood right I mean, now? that's clearly what I'm doing, Saoirse. I mean, obviously, parents doing what suits them and giving their kids freedom and independence to look after themselves and not giving them lifts down as far as the Marriage. like it makes for quality offspring okay for those of you listening which is you know everyone except us to be fair we're not a film show chloe is pointing directly at herself right now yeah just because i'm talking about me i'm amazing and like i don't need to have no one driving me fucking anywhere yeah i mean the whole ignoring your kids thing it's 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 not my favourite, you guys. Ah, shit, Sarah, no. I just meant, like, you don't have to be running around after kids. You you make sure they're okay. You make sure they don't act the bollocks on each other. And, like, that's it. Like, that's where the shit storm is for you. Like, your folks be kind of giving you too much to do. And they let your brother act the asshole. There's no, there's no balance. Like, <laughs> like yeah, And, like, the idea that I just have to turn around and have a bunch more of that in a couple of years. And, like, that would be it for, like the 20 years to come after that it just it just kind of feels like a sentence you know i mean you could not ha- have kids you know isn't it Yeah. Isn't it super weird that like you sort of take it as a given that you're obliged to have kids because everybody seems to see it as just the thing that happens? No, like that's a serious problem. And this is the thing. It's just another form of sexism to assume that all women will be good with children and will want to be mothers. And and even that all women that are good with children will want to be mothers and that people that aren't good with children will begin to be as soon as they have their own. Like it's this huge mess of assumptions. And it's around this hugely important part of humanity, which is like raising little humans. it's crazy that so much of it is just assumed and not talked about properly. yeah. and like like pregnancy is is just part of that. but like, like, everything Yasmeen was going through in, in her pregnancy, you guys. <laughs> Dude, like, I would have read an entire book just about Yasmin. Hard saying. Yeah, like, all that stuff, like, about that relationship with her mom, like, her dad having a girlfriend, like, how all that works when you're Muslim. Like, the fact that her sister gave Katie the hugest <laughs> lady boner ever. For the last time, she did not give me a lady boner, Chloe. <laughs> I have the text. Okay, and I have them screenshot it. I was joking, man. No, she was. She was very high. No, like seriously, man. (laughs) <laughs> Just to clarify, for those of you listening, Yasmin's sister is this really cool visual artist type. Yeah, I like. I really liked the idea that she was this creative one and Yasmin was more serious, but still had this like really wicked sense of humour and had this steel backbone as a Muslim woman in a predominantly white country. Yeah, like the people she deals with in her job. Like you could imagine a Muslim person working in certain places in Ireland, like having to listen to the same jokes about, yeah, wearing a hijab or taking time to or fasting at Ramadan like all the time like it must be just exhausting yeah it is like really weird and like uncomfortable to think about like especially when you're from like a super homogenous society like Ireland has been like that whole oh this is different let's make a big deal about it when the this you're talking about is an actual human person and their actual human culture like that behavior has been here for so long and comes from this like really childish place of ignorance that people sort of get upset or defensive about when they're called on it. And like, that's from a childish place too. It's it's really confusing. Yeah, it's weird like the way... Some people are, yeah, real weird about the different thing that they see not being like you're not agreeing with them or something. No, like I had this real weird moment with my auntie the other week, yeah? She was talking about Bridgerton and like she said something about, oh, the main guy, like the Duke fella. And I went, oh, yeah, the real good looking tall fella. I know who you mean. And she sort of gives me this look like she was laughing at me and she's like, yeah, the black bloke. Like I was avoiding saying that he was black because like I was. Being politically correct or whatever but like there are other black people in it like that's not something what makes them different him being the real tall good looking fella that's what makes me like that's how I thought that's what I thought of when I thought of this beautiful beautiful face you truly are the hero we need not the hero we deserve Chloe I need my own comic series that's all I'm saying (laughs) But, but yeah, like all the work that Yasmeen does, like she's involved in rehoming refugees, she's dealing with some pretty mental racism in her workplace, like there's there's that soft racism we were talking about earlier, but like, like we were saying earlier on in the blurb, like there's some pretty vicious right-wing folks that are protesting having the refugees housed in their town. Not dissimilar to what's going on here. And like on top of all the stuff happening in her family, her pregnancy and her relationship with her husband who, like, seems to be this really interesting guy. Like, we don't get to see him that much. There's just, there's just so much going on with her character. It's really interesting. Yeah, like, I really liked Omar. He was, like, decidedly cool. And, like, I would have liked to have seen more about, like, how the stress was, like, affecting their marriage and stuff. Because they seem to have this really great, like, friendship underneath their relationship. Yeah, and, like, I feel like you don't get to see that in romantic novels that often. Like Like, a lot of the time, it's just sort of two separate people that have this, like... I don't know, love connection or something like, like where they really care about the other person and are really attracted to each other, but like their differences show up all the time. But like Omar and Yasmin, like they just got on really well. Like it was like, say, my brother and his fiancee. Tyke does not have a girlfriend. (laughs) Saoirse, how can he have a (laughs) fiancee? Dermot got engaged before Christmas, Chloe. You know he did. He is obviously the brother I'm talking about. Okay. 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 Well, there's no harm in checking, you know, and, and, and Tyke hasn't come home from any nights out with like makeup on his shirt or nothing recently now. Claire, I do not check whether my older brother's shirts smell like Victoria's secret body spray when he comes home after a night out. Well, I mean, I mean, girls, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it'd, it'd be, be me, girls, wouldn't <laughs> it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, why Jesus. why do you okay, do <laughs> I did think that about like Harper too, though. Like, that, yeah, that Ida likes to get into her story more, like, not the, the whole smelling of Victoria's Secret thing. Yeah, okay, because, yeah, I was confused there for a sec. Yeah, same. But also, like, same? Yeah, I would have <laughs> loved to have gotten into her head some more, right? Like, yeah, going to prison, like, what it would have been like in there, what it was like doing what she did, being in custody, making it work, having the church outreach thing, like, as part of her reintegration. Great and or whatever, like that's another whole book in itself. Yeah, but like, about that, like, did the religion thing not like. Annoy you with Harper's story. Like, I knew you were going to bring this like, up. Like, bring what up, man Well, I meant Yasmin talking about being Muslim, like, butter like, no, you? Well, were like, we're just as excited about oh, the magnets as we were, man. Like, yeah, like, they seemed absolutely amazing. I need them in my life. I don't even wear a hijab, but I can think of a million uses for them. And, like, if Sister Ruth used them to keep her rosary beads attached to her pocket, like, would they be as amazing? Like... Like, I just hate Catholicism, man. Like, why, why did they have kids drawing pictures of dead Jesus in workbooks when they're, like, four, dude? Like, it's not normal. Okay, so we talked about this before, and I actually went and searched for some current Catholic religious education materials and stuff. And, like, yeah, it turns out that, like, these days... It's pretty tame. Like, it looks like the Department of Education, like, listened when folks said, hey, I don't really think young children need to know the technicalities of crucifixion. Dude, like, your search history must have gotten so weird since we started this show. Oh, I mean, I am definitely flagged on some pretty serious intelligence systems, for sure. (laughs) But, but like, no, no, because, like, me and Katie were talking about how, yeah, we remember, like, yeah, drawing pictures of, like, crucified people. At like a, an upsettingly young age and like looking into it though it does look like now it's all pretty digestible stuff that comes up for kids in in those classes like yeah just that it's it's pretty wild that you're a human that's alive and has a circulatory system like that's something to feel grateful for and take care of and you know let's be super nice to everybody else but also set clear boundaries because keeping everybody else as well as ourselves happy and safe it's the best way to keep this whole world situation going so what like nothing about holy (laughs) gods i swear i will never get tired of you saying holy gods but i mean that's his name it's holy gods like and the church is holy god's (laughs) house like i can hear you capitalizing the h in house right there so satisfying (laughs) but no it's a good point chloe like yes everything is in the context of yeah humans being made by a monotheistic god which yeah isn't my bag. So, like, why is it being taught in school, man? Well, like, I mean, like, if you grew up in Malaysia and learned about Islam in school or moved to Thailand when you were six and learned about Buddhism, like, would you see those religions the same way as you do Catholicism? Well, I mean, are those religions led by people that live in golden houses and send letters to dead parishioners asking why they haven't donated in a while? Oh, they did that to your grandmother, didn't they? Like, well, they did her funeral, man. It makes no sense. Kate, okay, Kate, okay, like... No one is here to side with the leaders of the Catholic Church. Okay. Thank you. Like, was that so hard? <laughs> but, like, but, like, you have to admit, like, Sister Ruth was kind of a legend. Oh, and she was talking about the imam and how she respected him so much because he was such a holy man. I love a bit of cross-religious respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I did. I did really like that idea that, yeah, religious people that really get it like they understand that other religions are just other ways to get to the same goal like peace and love and enlightenment is any all religion is aiming to deliver you sound like George Harrison on a retreat in India <laughs> it's all in the mind <laughs> you guys know that like the voices in Yellow Submarine like weren't the real Beatles I swear you were sent here to kill joy Katie that's your purpose here Uh, I am here to state facts Chloe facts that I found on Reddit and are therefore <laughs> completely accurate no seriously though you do feel like no one in the world deserves happiness after you've been in a Reddit hole for more than like 20 minutes no like between people being like super horrible to each other and convinced they're not the asshole or like people in recovery from growing up with narcissistic parents and like folks on camera beating the living shit out of each other. Like, I have no idea how Reddit hasn't caused us all to like give up on humanity. Oh, hi. This, like, this explains a lot. Katie, I'm confiscating your phone, yeah? What, what are you talking Chloe? Chloe, click, Oh, my God, can you? You guys, you guys, okay. No, that's No, sit down. Sit down. Jesus Christ. You shouldn't have stopped that. I was helping. I nearly had her. Like this is this is full-on assault, man. It came from a place of love. But okay, no, no, we're gonna put all of that behind us and get back to talking about Harper and Katie's lady boner for her. Are you guys <laughs> ascribing lady boners to me that I do not have? Especially when we all know that the only lady boner she truly has is for short earth Changville. It is not that... Sh- I mean, <laughs> no, Chloe, stop. <laughs> no, no. The thing about Harper that was really interesting... Oh, God bless you and your beautiful face, sir, I <laughs> no. Yeah, the interesting thing was that, like, she genuinely didn't believe that anyone treating her with respect, that that was, like real yeah yeah like that was another reason why i'd love to have like gone into her past way more like i, I wanted to see kind of where that belief came from because like it was it was really satisfying to see sister root and claire in particular like catch her off guard and like break through her defenses for a second like before she'd get them back up and call bullshit like even when people were being like super genuinely nice to her yeah yeah the, that that kind of behavioral psychology stuff I really enjoy that and like yeah there were flashes of that elsewhere too like I really liked like yeah the characters having those built-in mechanisms where you're like no 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 your mind is doing that you don't really think that like that's that was really real you know. Example. Well, say the whole revelation about, you know, colourful Lottie that loves organising (gasps) things. Spoilers, spoilers, Sarah, you can't say that. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think we can all agree that, you know, big, brash, okay, girls, you know, people like Lottie are often thrown in the bucket, labelled, you know, you people are the absolute worst straight away. Yeah. With good fucking reason. Lottie was very nice, Chloe, and did a lot of pretty awesome work in the community. I don't do sing songs on school trips, Saoirse. Oh, okay? hi. Like, no, I'll, I'll take this one. Um what no 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 no! them girls always be the ones what bring a poxy guitar on a school trip and be like making everyone sing songs that are so old my mad don't even know them and like when all i want to do is be left alone watching videos about makeup looks i don't have the time or patience to actually try okay i'm struggling to understand how that's important seeing as how you finished school three years ago well that's sad for you katie i'm sorry you're struggling like that so so, so You'd side with Meredith on the whole Lottie debate now. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Just just so we're clear. <laughs> on the whole right. who's who of the crochet group the excerpt was you know it was a while ago now so let's let's just set this straight so we've got Meredith who's our founder business lady bad with social cues people general niceness then Yasmin who you've met already and Claire our mother of several thousand screaming children under the age of five um, Harper joins and is young sullen ex-convict um, Lottie who has many coloured shawls and scarves and things and is loud and organising in a fun group project kind of way and finally lovely older lady edith and her tall attractive nephew luke did i get everyone yeah everyone that matters yeah take that meredith's gross boss oh yes clearly you were going to say how dare i compare you to meredith how dare you compare me to that (laughs) ice roll boss there to Flannery it was interesting though like we've all met people that seem like they're like really cold and don't like people yeah I think I've like been that person a bunch of times yeah and like then going from that to an insufferable pick me girl that like won't shut up like dude we really need to start seeing other people we are gone way too similar well I mean I don't know that spending less time together will change our past experiences but yeah I was gonna say Uh, yeah Hashtag when sound bites go wrong, you no, guys. You should always do it for the sound by Sarah. Sometimes it goes wrong, but I mean, that's the game, innit? <laughs> Words to live by, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, Meredith was kind of, yeah, I think we've all had that feeling of. Oh, fucking I'm done with people I'm just going to hang out With the one person I can really rely on oh This guy You know it Okay again For those of you listening Because that's our medium um, I can confirm that Sarah and Kleena Are currently pointing Directly at themselves Yeah in this instance The guy that they are Referring to Is them Thanks for Thanks for clarifying that Katie. Here to help <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, yeah I could imagine eating your color-coordinated lunch in the car so you don't have to make small talk. Yeah, I'd imagine that's that's pretty nice. Like, I'm pretty sure small talk is a direct, maybe the only direct cause of climate change. No, no, absolutely, yeah. Like, scientists are already looking into small talk levels in South California to see if it correlates with the recent snow. Okay, you guys, that is not funny. Okay, I beg to differ. And uh, also, okay, I don't think that there are any climate change deniers that listen to our show so. and even if they do like they're well unlikely to think that small talk is a phenomenon that has anything to do with weird weather patterns they're they're probably way more likely to think it's Satan okay yeah good point well made <laughs> But back to Meredith, you guys. <laughs> see, we can't even talk about her for three minutes together. She was the worst girls and, like, not in an like, amazing Regina George kind of like. Like, why are you so obsessed with some weirdo movie from 2004 when Due Revenge is right there on Netflix, man? Because me and my mom wear pink on Wednesdays, Katie. I don't expect you to understand the mother-daughter connection through the medium of lycra. What? Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, that would... That would be terrifying. Totally <laughs> <laughs> amazing and there's no way you could understand that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So give us the Meredith versus Regina lowdown then, Chloe. What's, what's Regina from Mean Girls got that Meredith doesn't? Oh, Okay, so like aside from Regina's clothes and hair and makeup and generally being a riot, yeah? Okay, like that is literally... Everything to do with Rachel McAdams's face and the movie's wardrobe department and nothing to do with the fictional characters. Aside from all that, yeah. There's like... The swagger, girls, that's it, you know, it's it's that bad bitch energy, there's something real fun about, like, watching someone what knows they own the place, walk around and just be that bitch, like, that's why Beyonce and Rihanna have the best Super Bowl halftime shows, that's why Malala and Greta can shut up whole rooms of grown-ass men, it's why Megan D Stallion could step on Katie's neck right this second, and Katie would say thank you, well, I mean, like, that's just objectively true. I mean, I would thank Ms. Megan profusely for such an honor. That's that's not that's not a secret. Yeah, but like, could you imagine, though? Like, I watched that SNL skit she did. Oh my god, Hot Girl Hospital. No, for real, dude. I watched that, like, easily twice a week. Like, when she smushes that lady's face into her boob, assuring her that she's gonna make her a bad bitch, period. Like, I mean... Dude, I, I oh. can't. I genuinely can't. But like... Okay, counterpoint oh yeah Um, okay so like Meredith like yeah like she rude in the same way as bad bitches be rude like don't get me wrong or nothing okay like no one is mistaking you on that point fam okay (laughs) but like with Meredith yeah like it's not about That she owns the room like instead it's like it's like she's afraid of people and it's like their fault that she's afraid of them. So like she's kind of she's kind of hostile or something. Well like that does happen I think like when people are like bullied early on or, or yeah anything like that like they can either be afraid of people and be like mad at themselves for not having what other people want to see in them um or they can be really mad at the other people for not wanting them and like harbor really harsh and sometimes like aggressive or unfair opinions about them you know oh you made me like this if you were interested in me this wouldn't be a problem oh my god oh my god marriage it's an incel you guys <gasps> um well like you know she kind of actually no do you know what she's just a cell. Like, she's, she's voluntarily celibate, so she doesn't have the in part of incel. Okay, that right there. That was some truth what we just dropped on the viewers right now, listeners, whatever they are. What? I don't know. I need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is interesting, though. Like, Meredith seems to have, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, both of the traits you're kind of talking about there, Clee. You think so? Yeah, like she does say a few times in the book that she finds it super difficult to be around people and form connections. Like there's one part where she mentions that there was an infographic she found about engaging with Muslim folks during Ramadan, since, you know, non-Muslim folks seem to need it explained in super small words. And she goes on to say that, yeah, she could do with the same type of approach for all types of human interaction and... Like, she just kind of assumes that all of her instincts are incorrect when it comes to being around people. So, even though she's, yeah, hostile with others, she's also, like, turning a lot of that inwards and assumes that she's wrong. But, yeah, at the same time, she does mistrust most people and assumes that they're on the offensive and being judgmental even when they're not. Like, the need to be single-minded and to keep herself going without much or any human interaction has sort of, like, robbed her of kind of any empathy. So she just finds people that don't hold the same views as her as as kind of contemptible. She can't understand that people could be good people and just not agree with her. Yeah, like, yeah, that's something I've been thinking about, actually, a lot. Maybe it's because of the book. Like, I think we all kind of get lazy on the empathy front a lot of the time. And, like, it's it kind of genuinely is down to... Laziness, Like it's just easier to say people are shit when they don't believe the thing you believe. Like if they're just shit people that are no good inside, then you don't have to think about why they are the way they are or where they have similarities with you and how tolerance or honest engagement with them would like look and feel. If they're just shit, then they're wrong and you're right. You win and they lose. They need to get out of your way and you get your latte and continue with your Sunday. Okay, so this example took place while queuing at a Starbucks. Precisely. I understand. No, like it is. Yeah, I do get what you mean, all right. Oh, our little social justice warrior is growing up learning that people don't need to have the same opinion as her like do you really need to make me regret opening my mouth every single time oh i know like for real there was a speed wobble in the middle of me saying that because i was genuinely thinking in my human mind in the middle like you're doing this for a cheap laugh and katie's actually going to say something she's been thinking about this is this is cheap chloe well, like, seriously? A queen admits when she acted to harm, Katie. That was beneath me, and I'm not afraid to say it. Okay, how did you turn you being a dick into a brag? It's just straight-up queen behavior, Katie. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist. You were literally studying chemistry. Okay, oh, now, <laughs> that was not a cheap laugh, yeah. <laughs> Walked right into that one, Katie. Okay. Now, Katie, please continue with your insights. I genuinely do not know why I bother Uh No, dude, come on. Katie. 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 Yeah, it is very easy to just dismiss people straight away as, like, racist or sexist or just, like, generally shit. And, like, then you just don't have to think about them anymore. But, like like what's gonna happen then like are we just gonna send all those guys to an island or something like how does it get better if those people just like get ignored forever like 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 I was watching that movie that Jonah Hill made like it's on Netflix like where he's in this relationship with a a black girl that's played by Lauren London and it's about how both their families can't like get their heads around it so like look who's coming to dinner but it's 2023 sure you uncultured swine Sidney Poitier won the Oscar for that man lies he won for lilies of the field five years before guess he's coming to dinner shit really dude I think I had that as like a table quiz question for a family thing before fake news Sarah that's unacceptable um but like yeah my point oh shit yeah continue <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah that movie was that any good no, like Like, not really, like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays Jonah Hill's mom and is, like, actual life, as usual, but, like, other than that, it's kind of rushed or something, but, like, but no, but the thing that happened in it that was, yeah, really super interesting was that, like, the white people in the movie are just weirdly, like, I don't know, like, kind of pick me girlish about having black people in their family. Like they want to learn about black culture and get a gold star for anything they learned like the second they bring it up in conversation and like like wanting to be involved in like all aspects of this girl's life, like going to her wedding prep stuff and trying to fit in when like you don't, like you're making it weird. And like, that's super interesting because like, yeah, it's something weed catch ourselves doing like yeah man like like you think you're being cool by like being interested and learning stuff about someone else's culture and then like you fucking wheel it out when you meet them but like why like do you genuinely think that you can't talk about normal life stuff and like only talk about like the things you don't know about and why you're different okay now this is interesting because you've said a bunch of times that it's actually racist to claim that we're all the same so how does this fit in with that like it's racist to claim that there's like no difference between us and like marginalized groups and stuff like if claire had openly said to yasmin in the book that like yeah you have exactly the same problems as i have yeah Yasmeen would have been like completely within her rights to be like, "Uh, excuse you, people be making weird comments about my hijab day in and day out, like the most you get is a bit of eye rolling at your kids, which I'll get as well as soon as my baby is born, like On top of that, everybody's gonna, like, be asking me whether my baby's bottle has to be halal, which doesn't make any sense. Oh my god, like, my nanny Nolan would absolutely ask that if she met, like, a Muslim lady down the shopping centre, like, and she'd think that she was being real sound, girls, she would, like. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing, like, it does come from a place of, like, wanting to be inclusive, but, like, doing it by treating the other person that they're, like, an alien or something, which is... By its very definition, not inclusive. Like, but saying that, like, someone is just being, yeah, supremely dumb is different than, like, saying that they're a bad person and they should be completely, like, cast out from society, you know? Like, because that person, like, they need to own that shit. And like know why it's so supremely stupid and not okay and like just cutting them off and being like yeah no you're in the bad person group now like they don't have to look at their behavior then they're they're way more likely to go on the defensive and say okay well you're just turning on me for no reason I'll make new friends instead. Nazi friends. Okay, that's that's that escalated quickly. No, that's how it happens, man. You give a Nazi an opening, they're right in there. They're uh they're pretty wily like that. Okay, we need to get that on a t shirt as well. Yeah, you really shouldn't be giving Nazis openings when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like but like, yeah, like there is a lot of that kind of soft racism gateway racism you know like in, in the crochet group like like I mean like obviously there was super hard racism like way beyond gateway racism outside the crochet group yes yes sticking with the hard racism for a sec if you guys have been waiting for an opportunity to see racist behaviour owned through the medium of crochet you have come to the right place so, so yeah to summarise quickly with the refugee housing scheme that Yasmin is working on and that's mentioned in the excerpt from earlier there's the inevitable protests from fringe right-wingers not unlike what's happening in ireland at the minute and they start leaving these gross huge spider sculptures all over the town with like refugees not welcome signs and um they start playing the call to prayer super loud in the morning and like spread propaganda that increasing the muslim population will make that irregular occurrence which is ridiculous and uh yeah the the crochet group decide to uh, get involved uh, through the medium of guerrilla warfare which we totally support here at Chick-fil-A for Life. Um, yeah, take the sting out of those protests with an addition of their own. Excellent synopsis. <laughs> I live to serve, my friends. <laughs> and, and yeah, like you were just beginning to say there, Kate, the, the racism in that fringe group is pretty gross and obvious. They hate the refugees coming in, they hate people helping the refugees, they even hate each other. Yeah, yeah, that was smart, having the people in that group sort of talking shit about each other. Like, that's what would happen, like that paranoia and judgement. Like, it's got to just breed more Of the same thing. But, like, Katie, what you're talking about, I noticed that too. Like, it's much more interesting. Like, we see it with Claire really often like, being in the crochet group with Yasmin, like, seems to freak her out to, like, no end. She's immediately, like, oh, my God, different person. What do I say? How do I make sure she thinks that I'm a good person? How do I say, like, that she doesn't need to be afraid of me? Do I say I hate pigs? Is that what she wants me to do? Like, do I eat halal food from now on? Like, is that what she wants from me? Is that what this is going to (laughs) take? No, like, genuinely. And then, like, she kind of gets mad at Yasmin when she's sort of mind-reading that Yasmin doesn't like her or thinks that she's racist or something. When, in reality, Yasmin's just like way too preoccupied with her own stuff to even be thinking about Claire as anything other than someone she goes to crochet group with. Right? Like, and I mean, that was another thing that, like, I would have loved to have found out more about. Like, it would have been really interesting to see Claire sort of give Yasmin lots of, like, projected behaviors and stuff and for them to have that really awkward conversation. Like,. But to be fair, you know, there was a lot of crocheting that needed to yeah, be done. Yeah, like, can we all just agree that Yasmin's yellow duck was like the actual star of the whole book? No, seriously, like, it was vomit inducingly adorable. I thought the washcloth Edith gave Yasmin the pattern for it, I thought that was really nice when yasmin was all like overwhelmed and stuff like like again yeah would have totally read another book about edith like i swear there's like five books worth of characters in here and like luke's manly man crochet haven't even talked about that no like actual whack a tree for two beard grooming sets from boots off that man crochet thing he was doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is so accurate, man. I know, isn't it good? <laughs> it was cool, though. Like, crafting for blocks is always like woodworking and cement involvement somehow. Really like your manly voice, Clay. Yeah, does it hurt your throat, man? Like, so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was just, there was so much in here. Like, I barely had the headspace left for the romantic story. I just, I just wanted to know more about these people. Like, dude, have you not been reading lately or something? You're like someone who's been on a diet and has had a crunchy for like the first time in six weeks. Oh my god, I wonder if that's what it is. Like, I've been studying loads and haven't been making time to read. I bet that's why I'm not sleeping. Reading saves lives, sasha You want to get on top of that? Oh god, this is, yes, yes I do. But you guys, I... Regret to inform you that it is nearly time for your chemistry labs. No, it can't be. Oh, my God. okay do you have my pipette filler? Yes, in my lab coat. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> but yeah, like there's, yeah, there is plenty in here that you guys need to read. We didn't get to talk about all of it. But like, yeah, there's also a love story that we said absolutely nothing about. So, yeah, Saoirse, I, I kind of agree. I guess it, it's... Yeah, we, there's so much in here for for like not that long a book. Yeah, genuinely, like I mean, yeah, the romantic story is there and all that good stuff. But I mean, the friendship between the characters is is really what it was about for me. Yeah, yeah, shame. Oh please, how you gonna be interested in Luke when you're betting to Changbin opa? Okay, you will not be talking to me like this when he responds to me on Bubble and asks me to appear on a mixtape, man. You can't rap in English, Katie. What makes you think you can do it in Korean? That's between me and Duolingo, man. Oh... <laughs> So, if you would like to watch some Crusaders for Social Justice, sock it to racism through the medium of yarn crafts, specifically crochet. Sock. Nice. Nobody truly sees me the way you do, Clay. I mean, you just keep coming up with the content, Sarah. I mean, I'm only reacting honestly to what you're serving up. Actual gold. Oh, God, Sarah, you're going red. <laughs> I'm not, you guys. Stop, stop. But, um, yes, no, stop looking at me. Um, if you wish to see uh, a group of ladies um, what wanted to make friends and crochet together, blanketing their local races with community action, pick up your copy of Tuesday Evenings at the Coped and Craft Resistance at any reputable bookseller. You can find out more about our girl Kate at katesolly.wordpress.com and do feel free to follow her on Instagram at at katesollywriter and on Facebook at Kate Solly if you can handle the cesspit that is. Facebook. We will be back in a couple of weeks with our final book in this series, Lauren Kung Jessen's Lunar Love, because let's be real, if we're keeping our bookshelves white, they may turn into actual mayonnaise. Um, In the meantime, if you can please, please, please like and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, you'll hear about our next episodes and also help more folks hear about us. And that would just be too awesome of you. Plus, Elsie does this totally solo and doesn't get paid for it, you know, such as the extent of her love of books and talking about them um it also feeds into how it takes us this long to get these episodes up because she has to work at her day job the rest of the time but anyway um, but yes if you were on for leaving a review it would really help the show and just be so sound of you it's not even funny um you can also find us online at www.chickletforlife.com. 4 um, All our social media accounts are linked on there, so you don't have to listen to me list them all out. But if you do want to follow us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, even if, as we said, Facebook does make us sad. If you want to follow, you can find videos, more discussions, sometimes an insight into our nonsensical group chat. Um, we will see you guys as soon as we can get through this beauty of a book. And in the meantime... You know, just be good to each other. I think that's pretty much what we've been talking about this whole show. We will see you guys later. Peace. Okay, let's go hydrolyze semesters. Oh, there's acid in this one. It's going to smell real bad, girls. We know it's tough. You're halfway through the semester. Assignments are due. Final projects are getting underway. Not to mention all the talk of exams coming up. Which is why we've set up Do you See Hamsock. No, it's not a John Ham Appreciation Society, though that would be actual fire. No, we're here to meet with and lay around with fellow hammock enthusiasts like ourselves. Swing by our hammock hut in the St. Malay building. Take a load off and feel those troubles float away. After you've paid your society dues. I mean, those, those hammocks aren't cheap, you guys. Ham Hammocks. Not John Ham.